Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Life After Paralysis. This is Tiffany. I have a cold, sort of. My voice sounds a little bit different, but hopefully you guys don't mind. And today we are joined again by someone we had on back in 2019, Jason Thurston. He is a quadriplegic from New York, and he's doing some really cool stuff when it comes to accessible camping up there at John Dillon Park. So, hey, how are you, Jason? Welcome back. I'm good. Thank you. Oh, just to refresh everybody out there, I know you're a C6 quadriplegic, right? Yes. Okay. So how long have you been injured? Uh, almost 18 years. Yeah. I knew it was a while and it was when you were a teenager, right? Uh, no, actually I was 31. Oh shoot. So, wow. So tell us a bit about that again. Uh, well, I'd been a career chef and I was just hired as a chef instructor at my my alma mater and I hadn't even started classes yet, but I was having a party at the house and I was fooling around in my above ground pool with the kids and diving in and, and messing around with them. And, and one time I just took it too sharp and I ended up uh, actually drowning um, and didn't wake up until after surgery. Wow. Your friends are, yeah. saved your life. That's, I feel silly. I don't know why I thought your injury was as a teenager. So getting injured at that time in your life, I bet that was quite difficult to transition from being a chef and using your hands and everything, huh? Oh goodness. It was, it was a whole big transition. I was married and my children were uh, four and 13. My boys were four and 13 at the time. So that was, that was a pretty, a pretty big transition at that point. Wow. And so I know that you were um, really into camping as a kid. And so at the time of your injury, were you into camping a lot at the time or was it something that you kind of rediscovered after you got hurt? Well, it's, it's interesting. You should mention that because, yeah. mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I did a lot of camping as, 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 as a young adult and then uh, the restaurant business got a hold of me and uh I graduated from college in, in 2000 or 1993. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and worked all summer long, every weekend, every holiday. So I didn't have much time to go camping. That's the, that's um, the life of the chef, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So then mm -hmm. after my injury, I thought, you know, now I have all this time, but didn't, didn't think it was going to be possible at that moment. That's what I think. This is what I love about your story. And I know I'll back when you first didn't think it was possible. And I know you really know it's possible now because you're such an expert at it. But I don't want to go too much far back. So I want to talk about everything you're doing now, which is super exciting. But just for those who are listening, they don't they don't want to go back to episode three when you were on. Just talk right. about like how, what gave you the confidence to finally get out there and go camping as a quadriplegic? Well, I, I had a good friend of mine that I worked in the kitchen with who, uh, who was determined to get me back out. We used to fish a lot together, mm -hmm. uh, ice fishing, uh, in the winter. And of course, uh, out in his, he had several boats. So he was determined to get me out in his boat. So he got me out of his boats and he built me a custom ice shanty cool. that, he, that he could mm -hmm. get me out in. So that really helped. And then he was one of a couple of people who, uh, said, you know, we're going to go camping and, and whatever <laughs> we have to do to help you, we're going to do, and we're going to make it happen. So it was that kind of support and encouragement that really got me out the first time. As a C6 quadriplegic who's also gone camping, do did you ever feel like, man, I'm just not help, I'm not helping out enough. I'm sitting here watching everyone else do all the work and I wish I could do the tent or take it down. And I, how do you overcome those feelings? Or did you just finally figure out a way to help out? Well, uh, sometimes when I'm around friends and, and close, close enough friends and family and stuff, 
I don't, I don't really mind them helping out, you know. Mm. Um, it's I just a hands-on experience. I, I always enjoy the hands-on. Yeah. Yes. Yes. How do you get past not being able to do as much as you used to, though? You know what I mean? Because sometimes I feel like I'm sitting in a wheelchair in the woods, and I'm not having that much fun because I'm just sitting here. Like, and I wish I could get out and do more. You know, I think a lot of people yeah. get past that feeling. Like, how did you feel? Like, well, I'm still having a good time. Like, what was it for you that clicked? Like, this isn't that bad. Um, well, the the trails there at John Dillon Park are are very accessible and yeah, uh, nice and wide and and flat and level. So I enjoyed speeding through those. That was a good thing. <laughs> so that proved to you that you could still do that normally. Yeah. 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 And they, they have a pontoon boat. So I was able to go out on the pontoon boat and do some fishing, which was nice. Yeah. Um, so I felt like I was involved, you know, enough. Were you able to, were, were you able to prove to yourself though, that you could do more than you thought? That's my question. Like I oh. didn't try enough. Maybe there's more than right. you thought you could do. Did you get involved in setting up the campsite? Have you figured out ways to do it? Yeah. Well, it was a gradual process. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, I talked to you before I had actually been to the park as yeah. an employee. Um, so I worked kind of behind the scenes a lot more from home as far as uh, learning the reservation system and reaching out to different disability organizations to try and uh, gain support Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. Uh, but as I, you know, I went three times in 2019, and at that time, I, there, we had a we had a director who was who was kind of overseeing this, the whole thing. So um, he dealt with a, a lot of the stuff. And then uh, 2020, he actually quit right before the pandemic, and I was all ready to take over the reservation system. And I had early reservations for people that had been there before. Uh, and and then of course COVID hit and we decided to close and do uh renovations to the park but i still went three different times and i the first few times i took um some of our more frequent campers and got to hang out with them for for three nights which was a lot of fun and then um the third trip i brought i invited uh the ada coordinator for our department of environmental conservation we were in transition. There was one woman who retired who had a big part setting up the park and then her predecessor in the same position who had only been in it for six months. And then I also invited a wheelchair couple that I met uh, from Rochester, New York. Uh, she's a disability rights, Stephanie uh, Woodward. She's a disability cool. rights uh, <laughs> advocate and lawyer. Mm -hmm. And uh, her now husband is a Paralympian and uh, does a lot with the uh, wheelchair track and field team and stuff. So mm -hmm. I got all of them together and did uh, like an assessment of the park. Well, Ooh. those those two things really, really led to some big stuff coming uh, in last year in 2021. Oh, that's exciting. How did you get to the point where you could independently camp the C6 quad? I'm kind of amazed by that. How do you not need any help? Yeah, well, uh, like I said, mm -hmm. I went to three times in 2020 and then, um, mm -hmm. Uh, last year, uh, I had a good friend of mine that went with me and he was willing to go with me a lot. He lived nearby and he loves camping and he loves that place. Um, but I had, I had been pretty, pretty ambitious in my bookings. And, <laughs> and, uh, by the third trip, he was like, I don't know if I can do these back to back trips, you know? And, and, uh, it was actually when the, um, the reporter for the, uh, Adirondack Explorer was there. 
And she asked my friend Joe, she said, so what exactly do you do for Jason? And, and he had to think for a minute and he goes, I, I, not anything he couldn't do for himself. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that following weekend, I, I, I went by myself to the first trip. I know that you can transfer yourself, which is, I, I think that's pretty great. I can't do that. So you're in a power chair, so you can transfer yourself as long as you have one of those elevated beds, right? In one of those lean-tos, I read. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I used to slide, I used to slide mm-hmm. I think that's really great for a lot of quads out there that think maybe it would be really difficult. And then how do you just out of curiosity, do the, the fire by yourself? Just, do you just throw in some stuff or what do you do? Well, we have, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what are ADA compliant, uh, fire rings. Yeah. And, um, so I've, I've done a lot of research since then on, uh, what makes outdoor spaces accessible. Cool. There's, there's a whole guidebook to it. And I've been working with the, the Department of Environmental Conservation with that too. But uh, basically it's got to be nine inches off the ground, which means okay. that you can reach, you know, you have to reach all the way to the ground. Okay, so okay. It's, it's elevated higher. And then um, the, the fire ring has two rings around it. Yeah. So the outside ring doesn't get too hot. And so I'm able to reach in there and, and, and get a fire going. And, How do you uh, start a lighter with your hands? Do you use a Zippo or what do you use? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I put, I put a big lighter between my fingers. Like okay. This, okay. And then I'm able to I, make it work. I, I was a smoker. So yeah. I, okay. I was determined to figure that out, but That's yeah, awesome. yeah, okay. yeah. I love it. I know. And I imagine do when you sleep overnight in your camping as a quad, do you get up and use the bathroom facilities? And I know they're accessible or, or do you like do like your bowel program at home? So you don't have to do it while you're camping or how do you do that? Well, uh, I self cast. So if I have to do that, I don't bother yep. getting in the bed for that. I have a, you know, a screw top urinal that I can make sure mm-hmm. that's secure. Yeah. I also, I uh, had colostomy surgery about. Oh, well, uh, then you're set. You don't have to worry 10, about it. About 10 then. years ago. Cool. And that really made a big jump in right? my independence. Nice. Sure. So you can just get up and go and then you just keep your clothes on, I imagine. So you don't have to really yeah. change. That's not too bad. So I just think it's so cool. And I think for a lot of people watching or listening to us speak about camping in the United States, there's a lot of accessible campgrounds, but what makes John Dillon in New York, I think really cool. Cause I did not know this. It was built in 2006, right. To be, it was like, it's like the only, is it really the only like fully, fully accessible park in the country or tell people a little bit more about it. I think it's pretty cool. Well, what, what really makes it unique and stands out above any other campground anywhere else is, is the lean tos. Okay. Yep. And that's, and that's the, you know, it's a three-sided structure that's open in the front. And uh, so they have ramps that go right up into them. Yeah, I saw that. So cool. That are mm-hmm. easy to get up into. Mm-hmm. And then of course they have the uh, picnic tables for the extended end. And um, yeah, so that's what makes us really unique and the services as well. Um, the staff there will help you bring your stuff to your campsite. Uh, they, uh, also have, um, firewoods all provided for you right there, all ready to go. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and the, the carts to charge your batteries. That's so, so cool. To be able to plug in your power wheelchair. So I love it. And how many, so do you have to have a disability to go to this park or is it just a highlight of it? And so anyone can go. Well, it is open to the public. Mm-hmm. Um, as outreach coordinator, it's, uh, I find it a priority to, um, to try and get as many people with what we're now calling functional differences. I don't know if okay. you're I like that. Yeah. but 
Uh, mm -hmm. One of our employees is, is fresh out of school, and that was it's one functional thing that she brought with her. Functional right. differences, yeah. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so we're trying to diversify the the number of people that uh, or the various disabilities that we uh, can attract. You know, as far as people with PTSD or people with right, uh, you know, visual impairments or or any number of of uh, challenges like that. So, how many sites are there? There are 10 total sites, nine lean-tos, wow. and we do have a 10 site that has okay. the, the fire ring, like I said, and they bring the fireworks. Yeah. And um, I know it's like in, you're like upper New York, like to the east, right? Uh, I live in the Adirondack Park, which right. is uh, 6 million acres. Mm -hmm. You could fit all of the national parks inside of that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it, But uh, it's over 50% deemed forever wild by the state. So oh. there are large plots of land that are very, very highly protected um, from any kind of, from anything, especially from development. But there's, the laws even go as far as to, you're not allowed to cut a tree or move a rock. So oh, it's really awesome. well, it's really well preserved. Yeah. And we're, I'm, I'm an hour from Vermont and an hour from Canada. So I'm really, oh, wow. really way up there. I bet it's beautiful up there, all those trees. Oh, I love it. Um, I love and also, too, I wanted to mention John Dillon, it's free, right? If you go there and camp and you have a disability, it's free? Everything is absolutely free. It's so cool. Yeah. I love that. So many camping and ground, you know, everything. It costs, you know, not a lot. But if you go camping, it can cost, you know, some money. So that's pretty cool. And you yeah. have an accessible dock, right, for pontoons and all that, too, there. So people can go uh, boating. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's a dock to to launch a canoe or kayak. It's not quite as accessible as we're gonna hopefully try and make it. Yeah. Um, but the pontoon boat is something that uh, the staff will take take people out on. That's uh, awesome. For, for, yeah. yeah. It's it's on a lake that's uh it's pretty good size. It's a it's a full acre. It's I don't know three hundred feet long or something. Whoa. Yeah, I don't know. It's huge. That's Trip so cool. Lake, yeah. I am. Um, and also too, if someone's wanting to go, there's an online reservation system I saw too, right? So they can just click on there and do it. Is it booked for the summer? I know people are all about camping right now because of post COVID. Have you found yeah. that very, very busy? Yeah, we are. We are pretty, pretty solid booked. Um, uh, in the past, we've been open from Memorial Day uh, till actually before Labor Day because our employees were all uh, college students. So they had to go back oh. to school. Yep. Um, just just recently, uh, last spring, we took on another partner uh, to manage it. It was uh, Postmas College was the only people that were involved. Yeah. Uh, but a place called uh, St. Joe's uh, Recovery and Rehabilitation uh, Organization came in, and they're actually my employer now. Okay. So yeah, so they employ me to do outreach, and they also employ a program manager. So. Uh, we're really trying to ex expand the things that we offer. I love that you, you, so your, 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 your technical title is outreach director for John, John, what is it? John Pine Park, right? It's actually international paper, John Dillon Park. In, is the international Because it's, it, well, international paper is, um, is the organization that, that, um, that it all got started through. And, and it took me a while to figure out the origin. I actually had to interview uh, some of the original board members that were involved way back when yeah. it started, it started with 275,000 acres of land that international paper owned. 
Whoa. And they were, yeah, I know, right? So they were uh, going to put that in what they call a conservation easement to where it became part of the <laughs> Oh, goodness. Okay. Right. I have a goal. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> that was going to happen at some point during the podcast. Sorry. You got that tickle in your throat? It's about every 15 minutes. Oh, no. I apologize, but no, no, one don't, second. Don't be sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I am. Um, luckily, you're not anywhere near me. <laughs> okay, I'm, I think I'm okay now. But yeah, um, I am. Um, I know that when you got the job, when I, we talked last, you, how did you get the job at, at this place? I think that's kind of interesting to me. Like you were camping there and you talked yourself into the job, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, in, in 2018, I, I had one uh, trip booked. And I found out my, my son was going into basic training and he wasn't going to be around for that date. So I made an earlier date to go with him. But the second time I went, my van wouldn't start. So they threw me in a, a truck and uh, grabbed my manual wheelchair, which I'm not used to using. Oh, and yeah. And I actually, I forgot my, uh, my, my travel bag that had my meds in it. Oh, shit. And so I was in my manual chair that I couldn't maneuver around very well. And I'd forgotten my meds. And it was just one of these horrible experiences trying, trying to push around. And I thought, maybe I should get involved here. And, and I started asking around and they invited me to a board meeting. And I didn't see any real, there was one, there was one gentleman who was in, who was in a chair, but, but that was it. And, and certainly not anybody in the board that camped. So I felt like I had even a better perspective than anyone there. And they claimed to have 7% participation of people with disabilities. And this was uh, 2018 okay. or yeah, 2018. So I'm thinking if they've been open for, uh, you know, 14 years and haven't had any, uh, they're only at that participation level, then they need help. And uh, I had worked at the independent living center for many years and I had a bachelor's degree in human services. So, I, I felt like I was in a position to help. And then I came back the, the following meeting in the spring and I gave him a whole presentation on, on how, uh, how we could get more people to the park. And, and yeah, they created a position for me and uh, the rest is history. That's so cool. I mean, considering the fact that this wasn't like probably a career path that you ever thought for yourself, huh? I couldn't have dreamed it for myself. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what I love. That's what I love about life, you know? You're doing that, then you pivot and you go over there and you're doing that. And I, I was wondering too, how does your job work in the winter? What do you do in the winter months? Uh, I've done a lot of planning uh, mm -hmm. as far as reaching out to different organizations um, as far and, and just kind of getting the word out. Yeah. Uh, I've been on a few Zoom meetings with like our, a couple of uh, uh, spinal association groups. And also uh, more than walking. I don't know if you're familiar. Oh with yeah, that. very worried. We're doing some work so with I've, them. Yeah, I've been on a couple of his, and uh, yeah, just kind of working the reservation system. I okay. opened it up early for previous campers that I've already screened and know mm -hmm. they have disabilities, so I let them kind of get first pick on the on the sites and on the dates, um, and manage that. Uh, yeah, so cool. Well, here I thought you were going to tell me to go winter camping. 
Oh no, no, <laughs> I my legs get cold way too easy. Yeah, I watch those people on YouTube when I'm bored go camping in the snow. I think they're kind of crazy, but I think you're right. As someone with paralysis, that's something to yeah. think about. Your legs aren't moving. It'd be quite the dangerous thing. You'd have to wear like triple layer or something like that. It's crazy. <laughs> so you would never go winter camping then? No, absolutely not. People do it in Minnesota all the time. Yeah, yeah well, as an able-bodied person, I did, but you, you did not. I think, yeah, Uh, the more fun, because you can walk through the snow. Now, how about Trek wheelchairs? I know that they're getting offered at parks all around the country. Do you guys have a Trek wheelchair? Actually, we try and discourage that because it tears up the trails. Really? Tell us more. You're the first person to tell me anything about that. I had no idea. Yeah, there's, yeah, with my work with the DEC, that's a, that's a big, that's a big issue. Okay. Um, so they're not taking them on trails then they're going all over then with these trip these these chairs well there's certain trails where they're allowed mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean you can go off road with them at easily. the state parks so, um i i don't know about the state parks the um i i work with the dec which is a different division of camping i mean they are they do have parks they run parks and hiking trails and uh, fishing docks and and boating and all that stuff um but yeah they don't uh, they don't allow them in the off trails okay so well what's the problem what's the problem if they stay on trail then how are they ruining the environment if they just stay on trails because well they don't actually ruin the environment they ruin the trail for somebody that might come behind them in a in a mm. manual wheelchair they tear, uh. tear what loosens up the surface so do you think they should be banned altogether or should they create a solution Oh no, I don't think they should be banned altogether at all. I think What's your opinion? Places, there are definitely places for them. Um, like how? Because right uh, now they're I'm, they're in Minnesota at six state parks. They're just releasing them this summer. I know. See that? I yeah. Know. And I'm not quite sure the rules yet and how they're going to allow people to go off trail on trail. But it's something mm-hmm. as someone that does care about the environment, I do like to think about that. But I guess you're more concerned about just the trail upkeep for other other wheelchairs, huh? Yeah, it's a, it's an environment thing too here for sure. So you think that in in the future these trail these these chairs should be used on what their own specific trail system, um, or trails that aren't necessarily deemed accessible. I mean, oh, okay. Where where they can go that that other I um, see just can't. So maybe take the, the 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 chair off of the accessible trail is basically all you want to see done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, so you guys are never going to get a track chair at John? Uh, probably not. Probably okay. not. We, wow. we, might, we might explore options to have uh, certain motorized chairs available, but that's, yeah. that's down the road. And definitely, uh, I want to get some of those free wheels. Yeah, the free wheels are awesome. And you know what would be another yeah. cool option is the grit. Have you seen the grit hiking chair? Yes. Yes. That would those be cool. Are very good too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And they have this new thing in Colorado and down in South America, they take people through the mountains with these like hiking chairs where people carry them through. Basically there's person in the front and the back. And then it takes like two able-bodied people to really get the person up in the woods so they can really see more off trail. And I think that's super cool that they're offering that at places around the country too. So, so yeah. What's your opinion on that? Any opinion? Oh, those are great. Uh, they, they call them rickshaw chairs. They have the, yeah, the, the front person holds the two hands. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, just like in India with the, yeah, yeah. So when people right, come right. to your park, though, there's no special chairs yet. 
for no, the we don't. We don't. We don't provide anything. And there, no, no, and no beach chairs either. Uh, well, actually, we don't allow swimming. So no, there's no swimming. Okay. Okay. There, there are a number of uh, DEC parks that are oh. very close to there that that allow swimming. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah. I'm just trying to get the feel. So when someone goes to this, this particular place, you're going to really want to just focus on the camping experience then, right? Yeah. Uh, camping uh, or fishing or, you know, we have uh, three and a half miles of trails. Are they paved or are they, um, are they unpaved? No, mm. they're actually uh, crushed stone. Oh, wow. Wow. So what kind of um, work do you do when it comes to just making sure everything stays accessible? Do you have to like constantly like roll around and check things? Is that part of your job or do you have other people for that to make the maintenance part? Well, uh, last year I met the guy who built the trails back in 2006 cool. and they have held up in, incredibly well. Uh, the only the only thing that might happen occasionally is, is a washout if we get a really heavy rain. Um, but that hasn't happened even a whole lot. So mm -hmm. the, the, the surface of the trail stays pretty well. Cool, cool. I always wonder as the years go on, like what kind of work is involved in making sure everything is great every season? <clears throat> is there something like, um, do, do you have like assistants that work for you to like make sure like if the water comes down and there's like not mud, or, you know, there could be a washout on trails or do you just wait for people to report that to you as they go and explore? Well, I'm, I'm not the only employee. They have, yeah. um, they have other people that go in early and, and check cool. those things before cool. we open. And that uh, sounds they're fun. always, always patrolling the trails to make sure they're clear of sticks and awesome. Watches. I think yeah. that's, ex that would just be fun to constantly be like driving around, like checking. I think I would just enjoy being out in nature all the time at the park. You must love your job. <laughs> oh, I do. Absolutely. And so when some people show up and they need assistance on maybe figuring out how to enjoy the park the best of their ability is that something that you help with then uh i haven't been asked to as of yet okay, um, okay. i definitely i definitely put it out there anybody i communicate with uh okay. email if, they, if they haven't been there so you're not um, usually on site like helping out people you're more just doing outreach not at the site though well, when I'm there, I definitely uh, try and engage with as many campers as yeah, I can. Yeah, that's know cool. Their stories, and I actually uh, yeah. make a lot of connections that way. Yeah. You know, if, if I uh, come upon someone who's, um, th there was a gentleman I, I ran into last year who uh, worked with the the ARC, he worked with people with developmental disabilities, and so he got me a connection to uh, someone within that community. So I was able to reach out to them. And I think that's actually how I got a connection to one of the United Spinal Groups, too. Cool. Um, <clears throat> I think, <clears throat> has, has anyone like contacted you yet about trying to come this summer? I mean, do you have any openings at all? Or are you guys completely booked? Oh, no, we're not completely booked. Uh, we don't usually pick up until after school gets out. So okay. around the third week in June. Okay. And so from the third week in June uh, through August is is pretty tight uh our, okay our our more popular sites are definitely booked but there's there's space for sure that's awesome well that's good to know i have friends that camp and they're like freaking out right now because they can't find any places that are open it's kind of stressful right because the whole country is experiencing this camping extravaganza in every state crazy isn't it i know last year you hosted Corey lee that famous wheelchair traveling guy he's super fun to follow i've been following him for years how did he find you and what was that experience like oh that's a great story 
Um, well, I knew he was coming, obviously. The people that, uh, the people of, of the local uh, regional office of sustainable tourism, yeah, as, the, as they're called, uh, contacted me because they, he wanted to come to the park. It was part Ooh. of their, they were setting up his itinerary, you know. Okay. Um, so, so they, they obviously didn't know a whole lot about him. They're like, well, if you can have a lean to open and, 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 you know, maybe so he can come for lunch or something. And uh, they they knew about the boat ride, so so they they said you know you could take him out take him out on the boat and stuff. Cool. And I had just recently I I researched him and and realized that he was on a cruise in Antarctica a few months before that. I was like, how can we you know how can our little pontoon boat? <laughs> but when he showed up, he didn't know he didn't know anything about the park. He didn't know anything about me. All he was told was he was going to see a guy named Jason about a boat ride. <laughs> so you can imagine his surprise. Um, oh, yeah. His, his mother came into the welcome center because he didn't even get out of the car. Like oh. he was like, what? it's it's two and a half miles. You know, it's two miles down this long road in the least populous county in, in New York State. We were really in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so by the time they got down there, she came in and she goes, and she's looking around the room, right? And I, of course, I'm the only one in the chair. And she goes, is Jason here? And she didn't, like, know that was me. And I was like, uh, yeah, right here. So I went up and, and I met him out of this van. And, and like I said, he didn't know anything about it. <laughs> and, uh, and so I was able to, you know, show him around and tell him about what we had. And uh, I took him back to my, to my campsite to show him my equipment and my setup. And mm -hmm. uh, actually cooked for him over the grill just to show him how easy that was cool. and so we had lunch and then um that two and a half mile trail i was telling you about mm -hmm. uh we went out on that we didn't quite go all the way to the end we would have if he wasn't crunched for time so he spent he spent about six hours with me and he was no really impressed with that trail uh -oh. and he really had a good time so that was that was very enlightening oh that's so great i thought maybe he slept over but he didn't spend the night huh no i don't think so his his mother was worried about of all things, uh, I mean, she was a little bit worried about bears, but she was even more worried about like stalking ser serial killers or something. Someone's Which, watched the ID channel too many times. Oh, exactly. Well, I'm backing <laughs> up going, nobody's going to come out this far to try and murder somebody. Oh, funny. I, that's too bad. I, you know, it can happen at the nicest resort too. You know, don't be thinking oh, it's yeah. happen in the woods. Is there sure. really, is there really bears that do come around over there at John Dillon Park? We haven't seen a whole lot. Uh, part of part of what we uh, part of what we have for amenities is uh, bear-proof food boxes and garbage boxes. So okay. <laughs> everybody everybody's got to put their food in, yeah. the, in this metal box that, of course, is at the right height to be accessible. Mm -hmm. And then you know, so the garbage is all locked up. I think one of the things that that can attract bears is if they go to a place and they find food, they'll go back there and it'll be a food source. That's why you find yeah. them at the dump all the time because they always have something to eat. Well, if they come to the park and they can't get any food and they can't get into the bear boxes, they're not going to come back there. So they are around. I mean, yeah. we're yeah. we're well in the middle of the woods, but I haven't even seen any sign where we are. Sure. <laughs> That's good. Have you ever heard of anyone in a wheelchair being like came upon by a bear and what happened? Have you ever heard of anything like that happening before? I have not. Me either. I, I, I always wonder what a bear would think of a wheelchair. I one time went into a cattle barn and the cows were freaked out by my wheelchair, but I, I doubt a bear would be as afraid. <laughs> That's interesting to think of though, huh? Yeah. 
but I think they probably would not care and they'd run right at you. I'm pretty sure if there is a bear, what's the, what's the safety precautions you're supposed to what? Uh, well, I've heard a couple of different things. I've heard make a lot of noise and wave your arms. And I've also heard lay down and curl up in the fetal position. So, okay. I thought maybe you knew as a, as an outdoor guy, but I guess, well, you don't I, would, I would, I would yell and scream because they're more afraid of you than you are of them. So that's what you do. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's scary to think of, you know, I know when you're out there camping by yourself, do you ever like bring like a protection, not a gun, but like a switchblade or any kind of thing like that or a flare gun or anything? No, no, I don't worry too much about it. That's good. That's good. Is there any other items you'd recommend for a guy going out camping as a wheelchair user? Any tools that you think are awesome? Uh, well, I I worked last year a lot on um, buying new equipment. And uh, one of the things that I have is a, it's a memory foam pad. Yeah. Uh, I find that the bigger air mattresses are difficult to move around on. And the, and the little thin ones aren't enough. Yeah. So I, so I invested in this memory foam pad. Of course, you know, we always got to watch out for pressure sores and stuff. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and uh, my legs are contractured, so I bought an extra wide sleeping bag so I can lay on my side with my knees and still stay covered. Nice, nice. So, so that's a little something. And I also bought a, a cooler that um, it's got like a, a lining on the outside that, that, that insulates it. And then it's almost like a, a thinner plastic, so it's not as heavy. And so I'm able to put it on my lap and, and, awesome. and work out of it and stuff like that. That's so cool. There's a, I mean, imagine since you're like, you were saying last year, you camped 10 times, four times alone. That's a lot. Yes. A lot. Now, are you planning on doing kind of the same thing this summer? Are you hoping to do more? Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm hoping to be out there uh, during the week, just about every Monday through Thursday. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's there's only, awesome. there's only a few weeks that I have set out. <laughs> um, there's some special events going certain weekends. So I'm, I'm out there for that. Um, yeah, I, I, I hopefully yeah. I'll spend more more nights out there than I do at home. I love it. You're really living a great life. You know, I think that it's so important to be out in the nature. And, you know, as someone with a disability, do you feel like it's even more therapeutic just to be out in the, the woods and stuff? I don't know. I feel like it is for me. I do. I really do. And and the, and the just the freedom of being out there by myself. To yeah. be able to, you know, cruise the trails at night. That's what I like to do. I get a headlamp and, and cruise around at night um, or, or just to be able to, to go wherever I want, you know, right. outside and still feel safe. You know, I know that the trail, I'm not, I know I'm not going to get stuck. I know yeah. I'm not, you know, I know the boundaries and, and, and where things are. And uh, you can't just do that anywhere. Yeah. A lot of state parks have accessible trails and stuff, but and you, you have to always be careful a little bit. I would, I would be afraid to go out at night though. I give you credit for that. I, that's when I would get a little bit worried about little animals coming out at night, trying to freak with me. Have you ever worried about running into like a Bigfoot? Just kidding. I don't know. I would think that might be out there in the woods somewhere. It's kind of interesting. There's, there's a lot of woods around here. Right? Woods. Have you ever, when you're out in the woods, looked up at the sky and seen some weird stuff? uh yeah sometimes sometimes for sure i know every time i go out in the woods too i'm like i'll see like a star move weird or something way up in the sky i bet it's beautiful uh, up there though yeah there's there's zero light pollution so cool so good. We're, we're actually we're actually even off the grid we uh we run oh. our, our 
our cabins completely on solar. Nice. That is awesome. Was that like, was that an idea when they first built it or was that added on? <clears throat> uh, well, I think it was probably cheaper than running power lines. <laughs> to be honest. I yeah. really That's uh, okay. And the technology is there, there to do it even back then. Now, before I let you go, I wanted to talk to you about your other job or what your other position, your chairman at the Accessibility Advisory Committee to the New York Department of Environmental Conservation. That's a long word. But can yes. you tell us exactly what that, what do you do for that position? Okay. Uh, I told you about how the, the, the weekend that I invited the, the, the people from the, the ADA coordinator from the DEC. Yeah. Um, so she immediately got me on board with this committee that had kind of fallen by the wayside they didn't have a whole lot of, of guidance and they weren't getting okay. together a whole lot but because she was new and um and and I was eager to be involved uh jumped right in and so we have uh advocated for access to a number of different places um that set forth a, a pretty big agenda as far as uh the, the, the three-prong approach, I like to call it, which is make, 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 uh, make it known what places are accessible. So people that, that are already, you know, that are yeah. there. Um, and then the second one is to advise the, the DEC on different projects they're doing to make sure they're accessible. And then the third one is to find places that aren't accessible that we advocate to make that way. Wow, that's great. There's always room for improvement, isn't there? Absolutely. Absolutely. So what's one thing that you would love to see added to more, more like accessibility features that you would love to see more at your state parks and that's New York or other places and beyond? Ah, good question. Uh, lean tos would be good because that's, yeah. that's what makes it possible for me. I, I'm not yeah. able to really get up off the ground or anything. So as far as like pitching a tent and yeah. you know, yeah. that becomes a little bit more extensive. And there are actually some uh, some of the campgrounds up here. I mean, the leeches are kind of an Adirondack northern northeast. They're so thing. cool. I love them. Yeah, cool. yeah. So there's a few that have that have started putting them in, which is which is really exciting. I know in Minnesota at our state parks they have little cute accessible cabins that you can rent with like wooden slot beds too that you can put a mattress on too. Oh, um, there you go. But it's yeah. definitely, there's like no windows and it's, it's pretty stru structurally basic, but that's cool. So more lean-tos, I love that. So, all right, I like, you really are, are impressive. You know, I think a lot of people out there, for me especially, I I always think camping's really gonna be a big hassle, you know, cause you're so used to your automatic bed and all the stuff of your, of your home. But I think as someone with paralysis, you kind of get caught up in all that too much, don't you? It's good to kind of free yourself and to go out. And do it's, what you're doing. It's been a long learning curve. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But I find the, you know, the more repetitive it is like last year, that was, that was the thing is that was the trip <sighs> to go again and again and again. And I mean, after the third time within the course of, uh, I don't know, five weeks, I, you know, I was going that often. So wow. I, so I would, you know, adjust what I needed and, and not maybe not take as many things that I needed or find some new gadget to bring to, to make things easier. And uh, yeah, so by doing it over and over again. Uh, <clears throat> so if, if anyone out there would like to talk to you more, you know, about camping or follow your adventures this summer too, I, I know you have a blog, but are you on Instagram? Can people follow you so they can see your camping this summer? Uh, well, I'm, yeah, yeah, we do have uh, Instagram is uh, international paper, John Dillon Park. 
Okay. Um, okay. That we've been doing on. And I also started a new Facebook page because we don't have, uh, I lost the back end control of, of the original one. Cool. Um, but that's John Dillon Park experience. Okay. Uh, awesome. Yeah. I don't, I don't write a, a blog personally for myself. I actually uh, got involved with the, the regional office of sustainable tourism, the guys who sent uh, Corey Lee. Uh, so now I'm writing blogs for them about Ooh. accessible spaces all over the uh, Northern New York area. Oh, awesome. I will definitely check that out. You should send us the link and we'll share it on here. I will. I do think though, you should start your own Instagram and you could link it to your job. And so people could watch you camp. It'd be very exciting. This is I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really trying hard to get involved with social media. It's, it's one <laughs> no, of those it's days. It's a, it's a relationship stuff. I have with it. I know. I know. But what you're, you're doing some amazing things. It should be shared with the community. Yeah. You know, yeah. it really is. I think I would well, definitely like to watch your reels. If you started making reels about camping and stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, one thing I am going to do is make videos for uh, More Than Walking, for sure, this year. You are? Good. Yeah, demonstration videos. Of, oh, uh, you, of you're going to do that? And, 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 yeah. Then I'll be, I was hoping I could post something like that on the podcast yeah. for sure. um, everyone out there, like, wanting to learn more just about camping and stuff. But yeah. we'll definitely post a link to John Dillon Park so people can check it out and make reservations if they want to go this summer. And and everything. I'm going to post a link to your blog too. I just think you're really okay. great. I love what yeah. you're doing out there. And I thank you for enlightening me and the community to John Dillon Park. It really is an amazing uh, place to visit. And you don't have to be from New York, right? Anyone across the country oh, is more than yeah, welcome to visit. Absolutely. And don't bring your car though, right? Because you can't bring your car in. No, no, you can. There's one, okay. there's one site that you can get to by car. Oh, you can. There is one. I must've misread it, but no camper trailers allowed, right? Uh, no, no. Okay. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. I know a lot of people now have accessible vans and that kind of thing, but you have one spot for that, right? Or they camp out uh, of their vans. Yeah. Yeah. One that you can, yeah. One site that you can drive to. Okay. It's such a thing. I've been watching a lot of people go camping in their vans now everywhere. It's right. crazy. And I'm right. like, well, this is another weird trend that's happening. The camping in the minivans or their regular vans. And they'll try to find campsites to set up their vans and camp for a while. I, I don't know about that. Maybe I will talk about that another time. <laughs> okay. Can I, can I plug one, one other organization? Oh, of course. Yeah, go uh, ahead. Okay. Uh, this, the woman, Stephanie Woodward, that I told you about that I met yeah. that same weekend. Uh, she started a, an organization uh, called Empower Her. Oh, uh, yeah, with a capital H. And she uh, last year was the first Empower Her camp, and she paired up uh, nine young women uh, between the ages of fourteen and nineteen, uh, basically high school girls, yeah. and paired them up with mentors of <sighs> similar disabilities. They had all different types of disabilities, and oh. she brought them out there and taught them wilderness survival. And the oh, big yeah. thing is uh, emergency preparedness, Oof. But, but they were able to bond and gain, uh, yeah, empower her all wow. the to that one. How do, was it that empowerher.com or where can you find more information? Uh, disability empower her. Yeah. Wow. We'll get the link and I'll make sure to add it to the site for this podcast episode. Stephanie Woodward, she's amazing. I do know a little oh, bit you know about her. her. I've, yeah, okay. I've heard of her before. In the, you know, I've been around forever in the community. So I do, sure. I'm, you know, that's so cool that she, I saw a, a picture of all the girls with their purple shirts when I was looking up. Oh, what yeah, you're okay. That, that was at John Dillon Park. I love it. I think that is so cool. The woman, these all women disability camps. That's, are they going to do it again this summer then? Every year. Love it. All right. Well, I'm going to gather all these links and make sure they're on the website 
or for the podcast. Okay. But thanks again. Have a great All summer. Right. Enjoy the wilderness and watch out for bears. Okay. All right, Tiffany. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.